Here's a thought. What if you woke up to find you'd won $20,000 every month for 20 years? Imagine the possibilities. Set for life from New South Wales Lotteries. Grab an entry in-store or online today. Welcome to episode two of For Fuck's Sake. My name is Jason, and I am joined, as always, by a man who, in the last episode, uh, rephrased uh, a common term used to describe a coach yelling at his uh, charges. I speak, of course, of Dante Hairspray Hicks. Welcome, Dante. <laughs> Thanks very much for having me back, Jason, despite that uh, gaffe. Uh, yeah. No problems. I think it's actually picking up. So people across the forum are using it now. To, uh, to They're throwing out the hairdryer and they've, they've taken in the hairspray can. So it's good to, good to see. Uh, and I've also got um, a guest. So we've got our first guest on the For Fuck's Sake. Um, we're joined by a man who's been around the forums, the moment forums, for quite a while. And he's also a Terrace regular. His name is Simon. Simo, welcome. Hey, how's it going? Long-time listener, first-time contributor. <laughs> no worries. Uh, so I think, um, what time is it now? It's currently, a, it's early in the morning uh, on Friday. Due to a few work commitments and so forth, Dave wasn't able to, able to make a, a recording during the week. So we decided that we'd take some time off work this morning and, and record. Um, it got me thinking, actually, you know, Victorians are every now in the world over for having days off for dodgy occasions, such as a horse race. And next week, we've got a day off for a game or a day before the game. Um, it's got me thinking, have you guys um, had any days off for, for mundane reasons before, like a podcast recording? Simo? Not off the top of my head, um, but yeah. No, no hangovers or anything like that? No, no uh. days off for hangovers? Half a day off after the grand final this year, and uh, that was an absolute mess for the, the second half of the day. But uh, yeah, that, well, I must be off. No, nothing for you, Dave. Oh, Jace, when I was well, and Simon, when I was your age, I used to take days off just to sit around and smoke joints and play football <laughs> manager. But um, those days are gone, unfortunately. Well, yeah, I guess I must be the worst person because um, I'm a I'm a bit of a purveyor of the day off for, for dodgy reasons, and this is just another occasion. So I think. One day for the Asian Champions League back in 2008 for Gambra Osaka, I, I went to, um, to my boss on the day of the game because it was a Wednesday. I just went to, to my boss the day of the game and I said, I have to um, have a day off because I'm going to the doctors because I'd rather use my, my sick leave rather than annual <laughs> leave. Um, and we, we went out to Gambra, the Gambra Osaka game, which is a huge game at the time. And I think we were about 18 years old and you were there, Simo, and we all you know, got drunk in the alleyway behind the Colonial the colonial pub and <laughs> I think we had a, a really big night afterwards we it was a really good game despite the fact that we lost and the next day I, I woke up really hung over and I couldn't go to work again so I said I said to the boss I gave, I gave him a call and I said uh, I've gone to the doctors to to look at my neck on on the Wednesday and they've found they found like lumps in my neck and I've had to go get scans today <laughs> so I've had a, another day off um like I've given some kind of cancer scare it's to my a bit boss. Extreme, but uh, yeah, it's a bit extreme. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit like George Costanza. I'd rather make the lie more elaborate, <laughs> just so you know people believe it. I, I, I'd rather say that than you know a, a stupid excuse like gastro or something like that. So um, I felt a bit guilty for that one. 
and the next day I turned up to work and I tried to act like everything was fine. <laughs> so No lumps um, in the neck. No lumps in the neck, no cancer, so that was completely fine. Um, so episode one was a complete success. We thank everyone for, for listening and their, their good comments. I think we had one bad comment about my nasally, my, my nasally voice, which is <laughs> unfortunately... A side, effect, a side effect of hay fever season, exactly right. Should see this place, it's filthy, that's why there's too lots much dust, dust around. Lots of dust <laughs> in my Brunswick share house in which the, uh, the podcast is recorded. Um, so Simon, we, we'll have a tradition where we have our guests kind of describe their Melbourne Victory journey because it's quite interesting to kind of get the different journeys of how people got here to you know, supporting the club for 10 years. Um, what's your journey? Yeah, so I was just well into football when I was you know, a kid and early teens and that sort of thing. So Victory came along at the, the perfect time I was about... 15 or 16, I think, when it started. Mm -hmm. So it it really just, um, I guess, gave me something to cling to, something to do, you know, um, sense of identity. Um, Was involved with the terraces from early on. Um, Met a lot of my best friends through victory as well. So, um, yeah, I was just always a football fan and um, just came at the right time. Nice one. Okay, so... Uh, there was a game on the week, uh, during the week, FFA Cup match, uh, Melbourne versus Adelaide at Amy Park. There's lots of things to talk about out of that game. I was just going to say, I don't want to let Simon off too lightly there mm. on his journey. Um, I remember him as the, the most precocious young fella on the terrace uh, when I first arrived as well. The most enthusiastic little man. Now he's turned into a little, you know, embi- embittered uh, fan, but... Uh, <laughs> he's mellowed out a little bit, hasn't he? No, nah, he certainly days. has. He's matured and... <laughs> The, the bright-eyed Simon that we once knew is definitely uh, matured now into a more sophisticated football fan. Perhaps some stories of Simon, the uh, the terrorist maniac, will come out during the podcast today. Could be. Uh, so we'll go back to that, Mel- to that Melbourne victory versus the late FFA Cup match. Uh, lots of talking points. We'll get to the, the main talking point, which is Archie's injury, um, in a second. Uh, but first, I kind of just want to get your thoughts on the first half especially, which was, kind of, was probably the best first half. We've, we've played in a long, long time. Yeah, it just looks like there'll be no premiership hangover on the um, back of, of uh, last season. Um, I remember after season two, 06, 07, it took about three quarters of the next season to get going and we missed the finals. But I just can't see that happening again with the, the team we've got and the way that we um, went about it on, on Tuesday night. Just, just dominant, um, especially the first half. Boys tired a bit after that, but you never really got the feeling that Adelaide we're going to get back into the game properly, even though they scored. Yeah, look, totally agree with all that, Simon. What I would add is it's just going to show how important it is that we've kept the majority of that championship and premiership winning side together. You know, there's been obviously one significant loss, which we'll cover off on soon, the ins and outs. But, um, yeah, that front third, the most lethal, lethal uh, front third in the league has been kept together. Yeah, I had some reservations about that at the start of the season because I'm, I'm wary of not improving on a championship side because all the other teams around you would get better. And if you don't you know, mm-hmm. go and make, take steps to, to improve your squad, then perhaps you'll fall behind. But, I mean, it looks like we've still got players who are well and far and above any, anything that the A-League can, can throw at us. So, it'll, um, at this stage, it's, it's looking good for the season ahead. Um, so I, I think we'll highlight a few players, um, such as, um, such as uh, Guy Finkler, first goal. That was pretty special from, uh, from just outside the box. Yeah, we're getting used to seeing these uh, picture-perfect free kicks from Guy Finkler and uh, just remarkable how he picks out the cobwebs um, in the top corner of the net. And, you know, we're talking about a keeper of probably the 
the best keeper in the league, arguably Galekovic. Um, you know, didn't even see it really, and you would think that a player of his experience would see that coming. But yeah, Guy's just remarkable. He's fast becoming a victory legend, isn't he? Like um, he scores goals regularly, but important goals as well, uh, late goals in games, uh, free kicks, and uh, you know. At this rate, he'll be mentioned in the same breath as Carlos. Well, I, I made that topic last year in the forum, and I was absolutely hosed down for it, that I think um, Guy Finker is quickly you know, rising up to the status of Carlos Hernandez. Um, not so much because you know he's, he's a better player, but because he, he steps up at the crucial moments. And he continues yeah. to, to score those goals at the death. He, he scored you know, a goal, was it against Western Sydney, uh, just on injury time. Mm. He scored a goal against uh, Perth in the FFA Cup FFA, last yep. year. So he, he, he steps up at the crucial moments. He's not always you know, prolific. He's, he's not commanding the ball at all stages during the game. But when he pops up, he does you know, rarely disappoint. Um, and on that, that's a that's a, a case for a foreigner who's played well. Um, we've got Asian Champions League where we actually have to cut one of our foreigners, and it's actually proving to be a bit of a difficult task at the moment because also Costa Barbarousas on the right hand side on on Tuesday night was unbelievable <coughs> in the fast in the first half. Yeah, he was he was dynamite. He worked back really hard as well. I watched him closely, and uh, yeah, he's um, he's just really come on, hasn't he? He's had a few knockers. At, at various stages, but the end of the way ended last season. He started this one. Um, yeah, it's really impressive. He plays that sort of role where you know players can go missing for periods of time, and you know he occasionally does let himself down with his first touch, and uh, you know occasionally seems to be a bit aimless uh, with his movements on the pitch. But yeah, absolutely, just one, was a standout player in that first half and rewarded with the goal. Yeah, exactly. Just rewards for that first uh, for that first goal. And Bozanic, Bozanic, is it Bozanic or Bozanic? I don't know how to pronounce it properly. But, Close um, enough, mate. His, uh, his, first, his first competitive game um, against an, an A-League club on the week, on, during the week. Um, how'd you find his... Made his me feel thoughts? very comfortable that we're not going to miss Milligan as yeah. much as I feared or was a lot it, of us feared. Was it the same kind of role as Milligan or was it a bit more advanced of a role? Bit more, yeah, a bit, bit freer, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, obviously... We'll see how he goes, you know, hard games away from home where we're under pressure or whatever, but um, he was really impressive and I don't think we've lost lost as much as we kind of feared. Totally agree. Um, and one, one thing that I thought was really noticeable and really good to see was just how how much he celebrated that, uh, that first goal. He, it was really visible that he just seems to be happy at the club and, uh, yeah, everyone got around him and you could see it. Yeah, exactly right. As you said, Simon, we'll see on a hot Sunday night in, in Perth. We'll see how he goes. <laughs> um, so uh, the, the win was it was really good, but it was soured. And I think it was visible around the stadium just how quiet it was when, when Archie raised his hand after going down after a tackle, seemingly knowing that his season and career was over. Um, is this it, do you think? It's all, it's all over? It's pretty grim. Um, we haven't as yet heard... The full report. Being kept um, waiting. Yeah. And look, um, I, I can't imagine it'd be good. By, are they trying to soften the blow with that? I think they, they already know. Are they just trying to, to extend out the news so you've kind of prepared yourself a little bit emotionally that this is it? And so you know, in, a, in a few days' time, they'll say, oh, yeah, by the way, he's done. It's Managing the grieving process. So exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, uh, we look we ahead. sponsored by Tobin Brothers. Though. <laughs> We look ahead to the semi-final and it's, it's likely that we'll have a Melbourne side. We've still got 
uh, Hume City, who had a who had a magnificent win, and they're charging. They're the the Cinderella story of this um, of this cup run. Mm. Um, so we've got Hume City, we've got Heidelberg and Melbourne City who are left, and that's going to be a crack of a match next week. Are you, any of you getting down for it? Uh, I don't. I think I watch on telly, but there are some cracking possibilities in the next round. Like mm. even if we get West Sydney, it'd be a great night. But um, yeah, but City, Hume, any, any of those teams would make for a great semi. Absolutely, and and good to see the um, you know Victorian dominance. We touched on that in the first episode. Um, it's really excellent to see. Uh, it's a shame for Oakley, um, and they couldn't get through. It was an absolute cracking match. Uh, 3-2, I think it ended, um, in favour of Hume. So, the Hume have, got, of course, got uh, our mate Tuna's old old friend, uh, Theo Markellis, on their books. So, he'll be he'll be putting his hand up for a contract at Theo maybe Newcastle. Theo Markellis looks like a man possessed. He, I think he wants that rematch against Melbourne Victory to show who, just yep. how good he is. Let's face it, he's going to score a hat-trick against he us. He probably will. You know, we have a, a tendency to let those players <laughs> kind of score against us. So, we'll see what happens. Um, so, I didn't... Cro- uh, I didn't kind of get it to it at the top but we've got actually a massive show today we've got a few things we've got some new segments and a few new surprises on some uh, existing segments so we've got victory secret we've got uh dave doing a full season preview of the squad uh we're gonna also get to the listener questions that i posed to you in the uh in the first episode so that'll be interesting uh we've got a new segment which i won't reveal too much at the moment it'll be quite exciting and hopefully uh, a sign of things to come for the season uh we're going to reflect on uh some adelaide away memories as as fans um going through back through the uh the the glory days of, of the terrace um and then we'll we'll finish it up there so uh this is for Vuxa. So I promised in the first episode that I have a woman seductively introducing the next segment and I I got the uh, the job done. So we had Naja during the week record for Victory Secret and here it is. Mmm, Victory Secret. Okay, so it's a three-pronged victory secret this week. We've got a few different things we want to get to. Uh, Dave, what have you got firstly? Okay, look, let's start off with a bit of player news. Um, it's There's a couple of things to talk about here. So the first part I want to talk about is, will the uh, NPL play off tomorrow? So as many of you would know, the victory youth team play off uh, in the NPL 1 division uh, tomorrow against North Geelong. Um, the question here is, will it be Special K's last game in a victory shirt? Special K being Joey Katabian. He's the NPL 1 golden boot winner two seasons in a row. So as far as given the fact we've talked about Victorian football and its strengths right now, that would have to mean he's hot property, uh, and yet he still finds himself behind young Howard in the queue. So how long can that last? Uh, Look, up until Tuesday night, I would have said not long at all. Um, But then, of course, uh, Archie going down, there's now a a bit of a chance for someone to be elevated to the senior squad as an injury replacement player. So the future of Katabian is uh, very much up in the air. The second thing we want to talk about, and and it 
kind of comes into the squad news. Uh, overnight, we've just had... It's not totally confirmed yet, but Giancarlo Galifuoco, um, pretty sure that's okay pronunciation, yeah. We've looks. It looks like we've uh, snatched him at the death from Perth Glory. Um, he was also trialling at Bradford and Millwall. Um, he's come to us, well, apparently, uh, as a free transfer via Swansea City. So he's a young Australian that's been away in the UK for a while. He was on Tottenham's books. Um, as I said, we weren't the only club he was auditioning for. But we've obviously swooped in and, and you know, I, it's very much uh, the final piece of the puzzle for our squad. A young central defender who can also play in the midfield. I've not, I've not seen him play myself, but look, if he has some midfield prowess, you can probably guess that he's a bit of a ball-playing centre-half, which is excellent. So we love seeing centre-halves who have some confidence on the ball and can link up with the midfield effectively. So whilst it's not yet official, welcome Giancarlo. Uh, obviously early doors, but the butt hurt from the rest of the league about this is likely to be quite high. Yeah, the question has to be raised, how are we fitting him in the cap? It was reported on 442 last night, that that piece of news. Um, as we said, it's not been made official by the club yet, so we thought we'd get one back up on him since um, since they ripped off uh, Oli Bozanic <laughs> news last time. Um, what do you think, Simon, of that uh, of that player's signing? Uh, it sounds promising. He's an Oli Roo, um, and he's only 20 years old. Maybe that's... While they could fit him in, in the cap, he might Minimum not wage, command yeah. huge wages. But um, he's been, he's spent time at Swansea, who are one of the best clubs in Britain for developing talent. And um, yeah, so and and centre back is probably one of the few positions where we possibly need reinforcements. Uh, Ansel and uh, Del Pierre obviously quite injury prone. So and Thomas Deng hasn't, yeah, you know, obviously he's still a kid, so has, has yet to prove himself as a regular reliable centre back. So. Mm. And the third, the third piece of news we got is um, is just a, a murmur at the moment that I've heard that we could be on the uh, on the lookout for a new major sponsor soon. So there are some some uh, whispers going around that uh, CTI Community Training Initiatives are are on the brink of insolvency or bankruptcy and on belly up. Yeah, belly up, which is not not surprising. You know, they're a, they're a trade school in, in you know fucking Broadmeadows or something, and they're they're sponsoring a major football team. They're running ads on SEN every hour. You know, they've obviously spent too much money on advertising. And they need to money. sign up Theo Mark Ellis. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, we'll see what happens there. It could be huge news. Um, they could go the way of Energy Watch, who um, who you might remember uh, relinquished their sponsorship in Melbourne Victory after their CEO went on a racial tirade and then, <laughs> and then lost his business on Facebook. Uh, so that's that's Victory Secret th- uh, for this week. Thanks once again to uh, to Naja who provided the uh, the very seductive and hot, very saucy uh, opening. So thank you for that. And that's Victory Secret. So now we've got the season preview. This is Dave's baby. He's been working very hard on this, and um, he will get let him get to this. So what what have you got for us, Dave? Yeah, look, I'll talk around some some main points, but um, obviously you guys you know jump in. Whenever you feel like it, let's let's talk first of all about the ins and the outs that have happened across the off season. Of course, many of us that are nuts about victory have already kind of uh, got our head around this. But Danny Vukovic was the first player that uh, sort of made his way over to us uh, in the off season. Obviously, a replacement for Co. I'd probably summarise his acquisition as being a, a bit of an upgrade on Co. Um, he's a solid keeper. What do you boys reckon? Yeah, very experienced. Danny Vukovic. Uh, he's um, yeah, he's played for quite a few A League clubs. Um, probably a different sort of player than Co, but pr- 
probably more reliable, I'd say. Yeah, I, I really like the signing. And I, I just I picture Kevin Musket in his office, you know, in June with his feet up on the table and, and you know, a cigar <laughs> in, his, in his mouth and a glass of scotch. And he's just reflecting back on the previous season. He's just thinking, you know, we're Melbourne victory. We've got the, the most fans in the league. Uh, we've got, you know, Bessart, Barisha. We've just won the championship. We've re-signed Ben Calfella for two years. We've Ink re-signed. We've signed Del Pierre. We've signed Finkler. But it just doesn't feel right. I don't think we're hated enough <laughs> over the league. I, don't, I just think we need something more. And then we go sign Danny Vukovic. <laughs> we have this knack of just signing the most, you know, polarising characters in the league and he's going to be yet another one. He's absolutely prolific on social media too. He doesn't mind uh, saying what he thinks, so... Get around the, the Vukovic and uh, follow him on Twitter. It's great. You want players like that in your club. It just, just makes it more entertaining, doesn't it? Yeah. I, I just speaking the theatre of it. On that, on that Twitter point as well, I noticed his cover photo on Twitter is, um, is of him kicking away a yellow flare from the Rockdale game. And, you know, the players, you know, they have, they have to come out in the, in the media and say, you know, we hate flares and don't, don't rip flares. But then you, you go ahead and make a, a, a photo of a flare in your <laughs> cover photo. So, um, so we'll move on to the next uh, signing for the year. Yeah. Uh, Oliver, Oliver Bozanic, as we've, we've discussed uh, both in the first episode and earlier on. Look, um, just cover off on him and l- let's not forget that he's played 51 times for um, in recent... Sorry, in, in Switzerland he played for Luzerne for 51 times, scoring six goals. So it wasn't as though he was in Europe just, you know, um, backpacking or anything like that. He was, he was there and... and, and Making a making a presence uh, over there as well. That's right, and we we, we talked about how you know he uh, got himself World Cup minutes at an earlier age than than Mark Milligan did. Plenty of upside as as we've discussed. So, and look, an encouraging start on Tuesday night. Yeah, yeah, we spoke about Bozanich at length, so we'll uh, move on to the next one. Definitely. There's two players that have been promoted up from the uh, NPL one side. Lucas Spinella, who is the goalkeeper, um, and Thomas Deng. Uh, now, we've seen a bit of Deng. He played against Rockdale. Um, he is nominally a centre-half, centre-back, uh, but also can play at right-back. Um, actually saw him at um, Oakley in the uh, game on the weekend and uh, against Bulleen, and he didn't actually look that big. So I think this um, Galifuoco signing, if it you know does end up happening as we're led to believe, um, you know, some extra cover there at the back. Spinella will obviously be a backup to both Thomas and Vukovic. Yep. And uh, what else have we got there? Is that all the signings? Yeah, that's 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 all that's come in. Um, for now, we'll move on to the outs. Uh, obviously, Nathan Coe, his contract was not renewed. He's not yet signed by anyone else. But it looks like he's far away. Did you read that um, that Fox Sports article? It looks like he's pretty far away from... You know, certainly you know, did. His the, back uh, issues continued to haunt him, um, which is the reason why he was uh, out of the side late last season. Um, look, if he manages to get over that back injury, you'd think you'd get an opportunity at another A-League a- club a Newcastle or a Central Coast. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I remember going to the Victory Medal and he was quite, quite down um, in his demeanour on Melbourne Vict- on Victory Medal night. So hopefully he gets a, he gets another yeah. run because you're reading his uh, his Fox Sports article <coughs> last week. It, it seemed quite disheartening that um, that he'd be out for quite a long time. Yeah, he's been much maligned um, over his time, but let's let's not forget he was a pretty crucial part of the 
the title win last season. He was there for, for the bulk of it. Well, yeah, he, 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 um, he let through some really stupid goals, but at the end of the day, I think to what, before his injury, he was up there, right up there for, for clean sheets for the year. Yeah, he came good uh, as the year went on. He was When he did his back, that was when he was really hitting form. Mm. Um, okay, so I'll move on to the next out, and it's obviously the big loss of Mark Milligan to Banias in the United Arab Emirates. We don't actually know uh, how much of a fee we got for Milligan, but you would have to think that we would have got somewhere, you know, perhaps in between half a million and a million uh, dollars. But, yeah, it's a, all rumour and speculation. Oh, a bit more because if Crystal Palace were coming and they were offering $1.5 million the, the year before, you would, you would think at a, at a stretch we'd, we'd take a million uh, at the most for him. So hopefully uh, we've got a, a fair bit of money and that's how we've, we're starting to pay for our marquee players as well. Yeah, look, um, he's, he's obviously gone to get that last um, big paycheck before before retirement, although he's only 30-odd, so he's still got plenty of time. So it's always a bit of a bewildering move, that, that whole Middle Eastern move thing. Um, but, look, good luck to him. The players sort of get lost over there, don't they? You f- sort of forget about them. They're totally off the radar. Until... And they end, up, they end up coming back a shell of the, the player they once were. Like, yeah. you know, you've had... Mm. Who have we got? We had Caceres who went over there seemingly at a time when he was kind of, you know, in good form and came mm. back. And you Danny Allsop. Danny Allsop. I mean, James Teresi went over there. And that's, that's the most surprising one. Da- J- uh, James Teresi going over there in what was, you know, supposed to be the prime of his career and... He's, um, I have you know, grave fears that he'll come back and you know, fall right off the map. It's just astounding that he wasn't able to um, secure something in, in, in Belgium, for example, where he was out on loan from Juve um, and you know, perform reasonably well. And it's just yeah, staggering. I don't know what's going on there with, with the wages or how much uh, Juve had a hold of him. Yep. Look, a couple of other players just to mention in passing that were released by the club in the off-season, sort of bit part players over the journey. Jordan Brown um, has parted ways with the club and uh, the Sydney hero, Andrew Naboo, um, with those memorable moments uh, up in Sydney about three seasons ago, um, has also been released. It looks like he's getting a gig at Central Coast now. So uh, Mm. once again, it looks like he'll probably tear us up (laughs) in the game he plays against us. And look, um, just around the squad and just a few other points of interest, crucially, as we've talked about, Fahid Ben Kalfala has been re-signed for an additional two years under the salary cap um, in the off-season as well. Daniel Georgievsky also re-signed under the cap. Extremely important considering his versatility, which, you know, when, when we hit the ACL campaign, that's going to be extremely useful. He can play anywhere across that back four. Um, and look, apart from Milligan Co- and Co, the entire title-winning squad was kept intact. So, um, and we can confidently say that both have been replaced um, in Bazanic and Vukovic. It's a good thing, isn't it? It's just you feel like we're ready to go again, just ready to roll with pretty much the mm. same squad. So. Yeah, exactly. I'm quite worried though, because do you remember, you know, after the the, the first title win in season two, we, we came back in season three thinking, oh, this is going to be easy. We made some some additions to the squad, and we thought, fuck, we're going to walk this in again. And then, you know, things start going wrong and, you know, things have already gone wrong in this, in this pre-season with Archie's injury. So we hope it's just, you know, minimised to that and we can kind of, you know, keep our players in the park. We're going to have a very heavy schedule this year, especially at the wrong time of year when we've got finals, we'll have, um, we'll have ACL kicking off. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes, but you know it's it's looking like a strong squad again. Yeah, and when when we come when we're in those two competitions, that's when you want your your pains and your macaroonuses and those sort of players to really lift and show their worth because they'll be playing you know 
every second game, and and yeah. that's it's a big year for those guys, isn't it? Yeah, and just on that, as as I mentioned earlier, we're going to have to make the decision where we're going to have to chop one of the foreign players to the ACOs, ACL squad. Which one do you think it should be? So it can't be Ben <laughs> Calfalo, surely. It won't be Del Pierre. It can't be Barisha. It can't be Barisha. So there's out of two, isn't it? It's out of uh, Finkler and, and Costa. Yep. Well summarised, guys. It has to be one of those two that misses out, unfortunately. And look, with Archie's uh, injury now, um, can we really afford to not have a player like Barbarousas in, in the Asian Champions League? A, a guy who can uh, run at defences mm. and you know, score the occasional goal. Um, Certainly very much in the prime of his career age-wise. It'll be hard to say to Guy Finkler, sorry, you're not making the cut either. So it's really a dilemma. Can you imagine that conversation Musket's going to have with one of them? And hopefully they take it well because it's, you know, all players are kind of putting their hand up and everyone's informed at the moment. It's going to be a very tough decision. From memory, Finkler missed out last time. Yeah, um, yeah. And we did sort of miss his presence and, and, you know, he's... And there's no one else that can really fit that mould no, coming off the bench. No. From I get the feeling Barbaros is, if anything, could <coughs> slightly easier to replace. With I think what so he as does. well, yeah. But um, we'll see who comes in. I actually, now that I've thought about it a little bit more, it could be that Del Pierre, um, with with the acquisition of um, Gallifuoco, um, you know, the ever the ever present um, Broxham, capable capable of playing at centre half, Ansel Deng. Geria, you know, it's 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 quite possible that you know we we Preserve let him. the older Del Pierre yeah. rest out those games. He's about thirty four, so just yeah. keep him for the A League. Yeah, I, I think mean, that's probably best. Yeah, being backed into a be corner a bit here, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we've uh, we've played quite a number of preseason games. How have you seen the actual preseason form, Dave? Yeah, extremely good. We played a uh, game last week against Central Coast. Uh, it was behind closed doors at Amy Park, but we have seen the footage of the goals. It was a dominant 3-0 performance. Um, the usual suspects getting on the score sheet, Barisha, um, Mahazi actually, I think, also got on the score, the score sheet. So, so not, not not so much a usual suspect there. But, um, yeah, some 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 encouraging signs. Look, we're, we're keeping some clean sheets as well. Um, look, we obviously conceded against Adelaide, but it was a penalty. So it's, it's yeah, look, you don't want to fall into the trap of assuming the preseason is going to be a, a real barometer for how we end up going in the season proper. But, yeah, better better that we're winning than losing. Yeah, we've pretty much been unbeaten. Cop three against Hume. Yeah, that's slightly concerning, but I guess at the same time we're, we're still trying to configure how that back, that back four is going to look at this moment with Ansel out. So it's not... Um, as as I guess as solid as it was last last preseason when I don't think we conceded a goal. Yeah, last preseason was the greatest preseason in sport. I think yeah, <laughs> beating yeah. being Ballarat ten nil and yeah. I think we put six or seven past someone else. And yeah, uh, against yeah. that uh, what was it the uh, the Canberra side in the FFA Cup. Yeah, well? t- yeah. the Tuggies. Yeah, the Tuggies. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean as we said, preseason forms probably nothing to go by, but. Um, I mean, certainly everything except the back four is still still be sort of the, the front side of the pitch is, is pretty solid, but the back four still needs to be sorted out. Yeah, um, one last thing to mention on the squad news. Uh, once again, Connor Payne, Scott Galloway, and Jason Gary have all been selected again for the Oli Ruse match in, or sorry, Oli Ruse matches in in Korea next week. So. Um, well done to those guys again. They seem to be ever present at that sort of age level um, for for the soccer or the Oli Roos in this instance. Yeah. yeah, some of these players seem to play more games for their country than their club. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. <laughs> so 
moving on to to our next uh, segment, now we asked some some questions of you in the uh, in the first episode, and it kind of backs on to the squad review. Um, I'll get your thoughts about this as well. There, there seems to be you know, a few names popping up. So in the first question, uh, uh, sorry, in the first episode, I posed a question: which players have the most to gain this season, the most to lose, and which players are, la- are, are on their last chance? So as mentioned, it seems like the the same names keep popping up, even the same names in each question. Um, with with Archie's injury, it, it really does amplify one particular person's name. And that's Connor Payne. I'll get your thoughts on this in a second. I just want to review, uh, want to read out some of the answers we got from people on the forum. Uh, with the most to gain, people have said uh, Jason Guerrier, who's I guess got a chance to uh, solidify his spot in the uh, in the back four. We've also got Deng with Ansel out. He's got a chance to really make that. That uh, that centre half kind of uh, position his own as well this season, but also but he'll get some competition now from from the likes of uh, the new signing, whose name I'm not going to try and pronounce because I'm just going to get it wrong, despite my Italian heritage. Just say Giancarlo. Giancarlo. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, Lawrence Thomas was a, a name that was thrown out as the most again uh, to claim the number one spot. I, I think Vukovic has got a pretty much the two hands on that. You don't bring Vukovic in to be number two. Exactly right, but you know. Lawrence Thomas will believe that he can he can get the number one spot. He's he obviously held it uh, towards in the last season. Well, he won the championship, so he, he had a great end to the season. Um, in keeping clean sheet in front of fifty thousand, the semi, and then the grand final against Sydney. So I wonder if I wonder how he's taken it. Uh, I think he knows he knows his role. I think he was you know, happy yeah. with, happy enough. Given he's been there for what, three or four years, mm. and yeah, a goalkeeper, you, your aim is to be the number one somewhere. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. What he's done though is. Definitely, you know, put himself in the frame um, for selection should Vukovic slip up at any stage at all. Uh, one false move, uh, you know, a couple of mistakes, uh, Thomas is at the ready. Yeah, and I think from from some of the fans' perspective, uh, Vukovic's uh, pre-season hasn't been as strong as he probably would have liked. Uh, as we mentioned, he's obviously there's been a few goals shipped to Hume City, but in the pre-season, they've They've been doing a half each. Thomas has been playing a half, and Vukovic has been playing a half. So I guess they're both to blame for those for those goals. You're not going to get the uh, the old Ernie Merrick rotations back of season one oh. when uh, <laughs> two games Glikovic, two games Theoklatos, two games Glikovic. Exactly right. Yeah. But as mentioned, there's there's one name popping up since the the injury of Archie to- uh, Archie Thompson. So with the most again this season, we've deemed that to be Connor Payne, and it, it's now or never for Connor Payne, isn't it? Absolutely, he should be pretty much rusted on for the bench at least every week. Um, obviously, we'll have Barbarusis, Barisha, and Kalfala starting in those uh, in the in the front of a four-three-three or a four-two-three-one, whichever way uh, it pans out. But he he should actually be um, threatening for a starting role, just as Archie was now. And there's there's less competition for him now, unless someone like Howard or Katabian, as we touched on, um, get caught up as an injury replacement player for Archie. Yeah, it's a big year for Payne. He's been there for three or four seasons now. So like he was there when, when Postacoglu was there, which is going back a while now. Um, that's who gave him the chance. Same for Bahazi, I think. Uh, Macarunas, Manane, they all came in around the same time, around probably late 2012, early yep. 2013. And uh, so, I mean... At the moment, they're squad players, but we do have a collection of older players who will need to be replaced in the next two years. Exactly you know, right. Yeah. Archie and Del Pierre and, and so on. So, 
um, yeah, see what happens. Yeah, so now we're moving to the most to lose. Uh, and once again, a few a few uh, listeners threw out a few names at us, and one of which was, was Lee Broxham, unable to hold down any regular spot in the squad. Um, you know, if, if one of these players we're talking about do step up, maybe he loses, you know, his, his rotation of, you know, Mr. Fix-It. So <laughs> if someone can hold down a, a permanent spot as a, as a rotation player, maybe he'll, he'll lose a little bit. I'm not too sure about that, but... Yeah, he's he's been great, Broxham, hasn't he? And I mean, just that goal he in Sydney in the grand final was <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. He's but, just um, a... that's come to think of it, that's probably why he was overlooked for the captaincy because he was the vice captain. And um, but yeah, if you can't not... be captain if you're not starting, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's a curious one. I was a bit surprised when I heard Valeri, but I suppose that that would be one of the main reasons. Yeah, he's a consummate team man, uh, Lee Broxham, and you just get the feeling that he will be quite happy to keep plugging holes, right back, centre back, the centre of midfield, whatever it takes. Peeling oranges. Yep. And we once again, in this in this uh, question, we had Connor Payne's name uh, raised once <laughs> again. Uh, as we said, we, we've glossed over the fact that it's now or never for him. He needs to step up. He needs to to put the pressure on the on the front three. Um, but for, for the final one, I'm going to throw out uh, kind of a left field name for, for someone who's got the most to lose. I'm going to throw out Nick Ansell's name. So... Nick Ansel has had foot injuries in the past. He's, he's off again with a foot injury. We're not too sure when he'll be back. Um, the club seemed to, to not know either. He's not, he's not in full training yet or anything like that. I'm kind of wary with foot injuries. I, I know, you know, not just confined to football, but in the AFL, you've had people like Trent Crowe who have had the, that navi- mm. navicular, is that how I pronounce navicular, it? Navicular. Uh, injury and they've you know struggled to get back. Matthew Egan from Geelong and then you know Yao Ming from the NBA. Although he's you know seven foot eight, um, you know those foot injuries are really hard. Once you get them, they don't they don't seem to go away. So I feel like Nick Ansel, if he doesn't get back from his young and promising, he might not get back from it. The last time I saw Nick Ansel, he walked past me in a moon boot in Bali in June. <laughs> He hasn't been spotted since. So, hasn't been spotted since. Yeah. so he's probably maybe still in Bali, so if you're on Peter Coladas, who knows? Uh, so what do you think? Most to lose, is that is that accurate or do you think there's someone else with the most to lose this season? Well, he's got more competition now. Um, that That's certain. Uh, well, Giancarlo has more or less signed. So if, if that ends up being the case, then there's no guarantee for Ansel as the you know, partner to Del Pierre at the back. So absolutely, if he doesn't uh, step up. Good call. Exactly right. And then we've got the player who's on their last chance. And once again, Connor Payne's name was raised. <laughs> it's a recurring thing. However, he has a two-year contract. So unless there's a, a mutual termination at the end of the season, he won't be leaving. Mm. Um, there is one name and there's one person who seems to be getting chance after chance after chance. And he's largely... Uh, anonymous when he's on the field. I, I can't remember one thing. The number 22? Is that Jesse Macaroonis? Yep. Yeah. Actually, I, I know that less about him because he's so <laughs> anonymous on the field. Uh, but yeah, he's got a one-year contract. It's hard to know where he fits in in this squad. Um, yeah, it's, it's really tough. What, what do you think about Jesse Macaroonis' season he's, this year? He comes and fits and starts, doesn't he? He yeah. takes a really good dead ball occasionally and then he doesn't touch it for 20 minutes. So, I don't know. It's, it, it, is, it is a bit hard to see where he fits in. I suppose it depends on Finkler's fitness a little bit. Yeah, he, he also has age on his side. You know, he's not an old man. He's still got plenty of time to develop. Um, I think he's about the 24 mark um, from memory, yeah, right maybe 23, 24. So it's not as though, he, he, you know, he's uh, running out of time. But again, look, we, we touched on it in episode one. The Asian Champions League campaign will 
allow for more opportunities for him to play. Um, as Simon's touched on, he he takes a really good set piece, so he'll have that role to play as well. So, look again, last chance, pretty much one year contract. If it if it doesn't come to fruition for him, and if he doesn't take that step up, then yeah, he might be out the door and out the door. And he strikes me as someone who, if it doesn't work out at victory, he'll be wearing a Melbourne City shirt in about two years. Yeah, <laughs> or he could be you know banging him in for Hume City in a oh. few in a few months time as well. <laughs> In the, in the front line with our Theo, Mark Allison friends. Exactly right. It's a, it's a full-pronged attack there. <laughs> so we do thank our, our listeners for getting involved in that. Um, once again, we are sponsored, we are presented by the MelbourneVictory.net forum. So get on there and get involved in the discussion if you're not on there already. Uh, thanks for that. segment for you guys it is uh to celebrate mediocrity within this world and we wanted to honor a man of the past a man who upon research this week has seemed to be wiped completely off the moment victory web- website the official one uh i speak of course of mehmet durakovic wonder what he's doing uh he's in uh, he's overseas maybe malaysia. hong kong or singapore or malaysia one of the, yeah malaysia he actually uh, he, he played there as a as a um Involved with football, he's a coach. Yeah, he's a coach yeah. right. So if you get if you go onto to YouTube, because I did look on YouTube to kind of compile this um, this opener for the segment, and I found one video of him being um, interviewed on like a soccer AM of Malaysia, um, <laughs> asking you know what his favourite song is and all that kind of things. I think he he had he's, he's very awkward. I have YouTube. to see this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's uh he's um his ability to speak to the media hasn't improved at all. Something about no. triangles and. Uh, <laughs> Putting, putting the ball, the ball in the back, back of the, the net. net. So with that, we'll uh, we'll get started on Mehmet of the Week, which will be celebrating an idiot or dunce of the week. And here is the intro. Yeah, what do you do, you know? Um... When the moon hits your eye like a bigger pizza pie, that's... Mehmet Jurakovic. Putting the ball at the back of the net. When the world seems to shine like you've had too much wine, that's... Mehmet Jurakovic. We did have a bit of debate during the week between us about how this segment would go, whether we'd honour idiots outside of football or just inside football. So we had a few nominations that we kind of were toying over and things like that. Uh, I wanted to nominate the man who put his uh, member in the mouth of a dead pig, David Cameron. (laughs) Uh, I'm sure everyone's heard that story, but we thought we'd try and stick to football. Dave, you wanted to go with South Melbourne. I did. I did want to go with South Melbourne. Um, I encourage everyone who's on the forum to check out the Heart Out Hell Us In thread for a fantastic video on South Melbourne's A-League aspirations and how, look, they've just, you know, obviously been knocked off by uh, Tasmanian Minnows, Hobart Olympia, the so-called Oceania team of the century, has aspirations to join the A-League but can't even get over these small hurdles. So... Definitely watch that video. So we, did, we thought about that, but then on Wednesday night, one man popped his head up and he, was, he couldn't be ignored. We speak of the championship winning goalkeeper for Melbourne Victory, Michael Turnbull. So Michael, as most of you will know, he's, uh, he's begun his, his stint on The Bachelorette this week. 
I didn't actually watch the uh, the show. No, of course you didn't. He's been he's been <laughs> popping up on the news quite a bit, and the reason because of, because he's been popping up on the news is he um, he seemed to embellish just a little bit on his uh, on his career. Just a bit. So I'll, I'll just read a, a story I've got here from the uh, the mainstream news limited press, which kind of is lauding Michael and his his suaveness and so forth. So I'll start from the from the top. He's already a star in his own right, an Olympic footballer whose career has seen him play around the world. So what is Michael Turnbull doing on the Bachelorette? And then this article kind of goes through his uh, his his career and how he's won the uh, the championship with Melbourne Victory in April, which is. It always seems to be the case these mainstream articles get these little minute details wrong. We won the championship in May, but he's obviously played a, played a pivotal role. Uh, not so. So yesterday, the World Game did a little bit, bit of an expose on Michael Turnbull and just uh, they researched just how much you know, football he's actually played. And on his LinkedIn uh, profile, he's, he's made a little LinkedIn profile going through his, his stats and his, um, his past <laughs> clubs. So he mentioned that he played for Roma, which is not true. Uh, he mentioned that he played over 400 professional games, which is not true. He's a soccer-roo, which is not true. Uh, he played for Standard Liège in Belgium. Uh, although that is technically true, he didn't actually get on the pitch. So <laughs> it seems to be the recurring theme with most of these embellishments is that he's counting his time on the pine and in youth teams as, as part of his... Uh, Resume. So, yeah, so I mean, good on the lad. I mean, have you ever embellished to uh, to try and pick up? I a do job? it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, you know, going out in my younger days. I used to uh, to tell girls at nightclubs that I was a journalist. I don't know why that was. I was working at a call center at the time, so I thought that sounded better. Same than, thing. Yeah, exactly right. So it's the same thing. I mean, you can't really, you know, begrudge the man, although it does look kind of silly. So for the and, and he did it on national television. Exactly. You right. did it in some corner of. Pony at 4am. 4am, exactly right. <laughs> and it worked for me too. So it's going to work for him. It's, it's worked for me. So good on him. So with that, that's uh, our inaugural uh, moment of the week. And he actually might be the moment of the year. We'll see what happens as it, as it plays out. He's a front runner. Okay, so we look ahead now to our first home game. Oh, sorry, our first away game of the year, which will be against Adelaide United again. I kind of wanted to, to speak to you guys because MelbourneVictory.net is all about the fan experience. And we, don't, we discuss the games. We also discuss... Our, our experiences as fans. So I kind of want to get your uh, your stories from past Adelaide away. So I didn't want to hear, you know, Melbourne Victory won 2-0 once and it was really fun and Danny Allstop scored a goal. I want to get your impressions, you know, of the pre-game pub experience. You know, what's your most fond memory of Adelaide away, Simon? Well, there's been some classic trips to Adelaide. 06 when we won 3-1, the, the first one. Um, that was December 2006. Yeah. yeah. So you, you've, you've written an article about that. I'm going to put that on the... Um, on the MelbourneVictory.net website that I've uh, re re relaunched uh, in the coming days, and I think there was a few you know, there was a few stories out of that one. What, yeah, got got the bus across, and <laughs> no, two buses, fifty in each, hundred people at Caltex and nil at three a.m. in the morning, just taking liberties, and uh, got to Adelaide, started running a market about nine thirty, just bunch of, bunch of teenagers, just yeah. So I was on that trip, and a, a memory that sticks out in my head is, as I said. We organised uh, buses, so fans, you, you, you organised the buses, Simon. You helped organise yeah, it, So yep. you were about, what, 16, 16 17 at the time. <laughs> yeah. And you organised two full busloads of about similarly 16, 17-year-old kids to all head over there. Adelaide away. A few 30 and 40-year-olds yeah. as well. But so <laughs> we, got, we got to the bus stop and uh, I think that as soon as we arrived at the bus stop, we saw this Adelaide bogan in double denim with a mullet, a blonde mullet. 
and we got out of the bus, you know, this is, for, for most of us, it was our first away trip. We're full of energy and full of flares and full of, you know, <laughs> different other things. Uh, so we walk out of the bus stop and within two minutes, we, we were, someone was tagging a Repco sign. Do you remember that? <laughs> Riding an MVFC or something yeah. with, a, with a spray can and on the, a, a Repco the, sign. And the guy who, who worked in Repco has run out, has grabbed, grabbed him by the scruff of the neck and everyone's <laughs> just trying to pull him apart. That was within, yeah, the first three or four this minutes. This was about quarter to nine on a, on exactly a Friday right. morning in Adelaide. Exactly so right. just, just come off the bus, an eight-hour trip. Yeah. And... Uh, and that just set the tone for the day and for all the Adelaide since. That was that was our first trip there. But yeah, um, I stayed up for fifty hours that weekend. It was at the time my, my record for, for staying up, and it was all you know, we we couldn't get into any pubs. We were sixteen years old, so we had to hang around the periphery <laughs> of the pub, playing <laughs> playing football in a park. That I remember was a, that was an all in game of football it in was, the park. It yeah. was one of those old like village matches. It was about forty on forty, and it was more just it was just bedlam. You know, yeah, people. And, then, and then we go and win three one. Yeah. For so many people, that trip, um, 06 in Adelaide, um, resonates really strongly. I think I met Simon on that trip and met quite a few. It was my first away trip as well, and it just hangs in the memory as one of the great memories. You know, and It really set the tone for uh, away trips in the future, and Adelaide is still a special away trip. Yeah, so for me, I think Adelaide away is my favourite away trip, and the reason for that is Hindley Street. So when you when you know, it's, it's no, don't don't no. laugh because I think when you, when you when you go to Adelaide away it's like it's like at this Hindley Street just one street with all these bars and clubs and when you when you arrive these days on the plane so you, most people will get the you know the six or seven a.m. flight from Melbourne to to Adelaide and instead of going straight to the hotel they'll go from the airport to the Pashmont. Which is known as the Rosemont. Official name is the Rosemont. Which I'm might even have another you, name now. I'm surprised you're bringing that up. Well, I, I thought <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tell a story of my own um, of how how the name the Rosemont became the Pashmont. Um, and put simply, I was I was accosted. I was taken advantage of by an older woman when I was 18 years old. And before you think of you know Mrs. Robinson from The Graduate or Stifler's mum from American Pie, it wasn't it wasn't that romantic. I was I was 18 years old and I was you know wide-eyed and bushy-tailed and it was it was after the game at the <laughs> at the Rosemont Hotel which is a sports bar on Highley Street and everyone goes to it before the game and after the game um, and I was as I said I was very drunk at the time and there was this woman who is on the terrace I, I don't know if she's still around I see her from, around from time to time. Hello, if you're listening, you know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and I, 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 it's it's sketchy because it was back in 2008 and it was you know she was. She was talking to me and I was trying to give back some lip. I was trying to, you know, be a bit of a, a smart person. Bit of a lad, bit of banter. Bit of a lad, yeah. And, you know, she would have been, honestly, she would have been probably in the range to 45 to 50 years old. So older than my, than my mother at the time. And we, uh, she, she took me and she, she made out with me. And I looked around after we, we kissed and everyone in the pub was looking around at me, taking photos. And I was very embarrassed at that time. And ever since then... The, uh, the the Rosemont has been affectionately known as the Pashmont. And I can't really shake that every time I go to Adelaide. <laughs> um, so, uh, another one that you. sticks out in my mind as well is 2009 and the Eureka Flag scandal. Do you remember that one? Where the uh, the FFA stopped the use of the, the, Eureka, the Eureka Flag and we all took it up to, uh, to Adelaide you know, uh, away? Remember that at all? Not really, no. Oh, there was a massive story, but okay. <laughs> So um, <laughs> it's bad radio. <laughs> no, well, it was a massive one. People will remember what it is. Everyone took Eureka flags up there. But um, so that's Adelaide away. So 
as mentioned on the relaunched MelbourneVictory.net website, I'm going to put up some stories of Adelaide Away uh, of yesteryear and also uh, a bit of a, a drunken terrace man's guide to Adelaide Away. So we'll, we'll speak about all the pubs you can go to if you, if you haven't been up there before. We'll speak about, you know, what you can do, the clubs and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, look out for that in the next few days. Yeah, so it's going to be uh, at the Adelaide Oval again, which I went to the Adelaide Oval game last season, the opening round as well. It's just not the same as mm, the, the Hindmarsh uh, yeah. Hind vibe. The Hindmarsh is really one of the great football stadiums Probably in the Australia. The, yeah. oh, Amy, apart from Amy Park, I suppose. But you are Hindmarsh is so close to the action. You, you are a bit closer, yeah. Reach out and almost touch the players. It's so close to the game. And, and so um, close to the... Adelaide fans yeah. who oh, are you know, screaming, screaming blue murder. Yeah, yeah. it's just awesome. There's, yeah, there's sausage rolls cascading around your head. <laughs> Full and lighters bottles of coke and, and, yeah. and the all, coins. Not to mention all, the coins. Yeah, all sorts. So it's it's good. It's you, you don't you don't go to an away day for a safe, civil time, do you? So exactly right. So uh, so with that in mind, we've got the the game coming up next in Adelaide. Does the uh, does the FFA Cup match give you any kind of confidence that we're just going to walk this in? Not walk it in. We haven't really beaten Adelaide away for a while, I don't think. So um, we often seem to draw there. Draw, yeah, because yeah. I think they haven't beaten us at all in the last 17 games or something like that. <laughs> once in the last 17. Yeah. It was um, Ben Calfella at the death last season at Adelaide Oval. Um, and look, if we walk away from that game again with a point, obviously a win would be great. But um, taking a point away from that uh, cauldron would be a good thing. Um, look, the... Performance in the FFA Cup would seem to indicate that we do have um, the wood over them at the moment. Mm. Um, I'd feel pretty confident about us scoring. The problem is the other way back for us as well. You know, the, I think that they're they're just as capable of putting a couple into our net. So. Yeah, Adelaide didn't look great on Tuesday. They've lost their coach. They, sp- I mean, they spent a lot of the game just whinging and moaning to the referee. Oh, they're on the back foot throughout. Um, so I don't know how they'll go next year. They've got a really good squad on paper, and uh, I rate them well. But like you lose your coach, well, you sort of got to start rebuilding again almost. So uh, it's right. probably a good time to get them round one, I think. And I'll, I'll just say I'm losing the coach. It's, <laughs> it's it's the first time we've lost an opposition coach probably since um, Miron Blyberg, where I'm really sad for the league that um, old mate, what's his name, has gone. Gone bow. It's he was just such a character um, that that running down the pitch sort of stuff and just his uh, your son is a shit goalkeeper and all the, the, <laughs> the mad quotes with the and wild eyes and the darting yeah, around and <laughs> just a real loss to the league um, yeah. a, a character. So we'll we'll end this uh, this segment with some score predictions. Are we all predicting a draw then, or what's what's going on? Yeah, I think there'll be at least four goals in it. Two two. Two one Melbourne, I'd say, and I'll I'll, I'll say two one Melbourne as well. So that is it for the second episode of Vuck's Sake. It's a bit of an extended version now that we've got you know we've got all the nerves quelled and we're we're ready to go. So uh, thanks for for listening once again. Subscribe on the the iTunes and also the Android pod, uh, podcast links. Yeah, big thanks to everyone that has uh, reviewed on iTunes. If you can. Spare a few words, that'd be great. We we did really well considering the uh, amateurish start to the podcast and we're hoping it goes from strength to strength. So, uh, yeah, keep keep on downloading, keep on reviewing. Yep, so we'll be back in, I think it'll be through two weeks' time. We'll be back after the Adelaide game to review that. Uh, we'll have a new guest as well. So if, if you do 
uh, want to be on for fuck's sake and you are keen on being a guest get onto the forum or Twitter and uh, and let us know so thanks Simon for, for joining us uh, today thanks for having me no worries and that's for fuck's sake Hi, I'm Dr. Gamma Verdian from Dental Lounge. Would you like to increase your success, whether it be personal success or career success? Studies have proven that enhancing your smile can enhance your quality of life in every way. I've seen hundreds of patients for porcelain veneers and smile makeovers with amazing results. Simply tap the banner and book your free consultation and I'll be happy to show you. And best of all, ask about our interest-free payment plans. Dental Lounge Macquarie Street. Create success with your smile.